0: it wasn't just Trump it's Trump was recruited he was there's good people okay in, we're going to too. okay dude how about I went no, to that was. comic See, it, that the Western. comic there's, pizza there's yeah. a there's a plan how to, do you know to, this to, for sure because uh, I'm, I'm into it every day man but just follow Q but follow, follow you, Q Q is how do you know about. that they're right because everything that's happening right now we knew about They've it two it. years ago we knew about all this shit Q is Trump and the people that around him. It's there it's a an intelligence a dissemination program. Q is real dude. Q is real. This is 100% real. This is 100% real. It's 100% real.
1: Don't think Trump just did this on his own. He was recruited by Patriots and US intelligence agencies for a fact.
0: They're dropping info to the people, the patriots, the people who really want the best for the country. Not the little left, they don't want the best for the country.
1: I know you know QAnon's identity. But yes. Obviously we're not going to, I've confirmed as well, QAnon is a group in, in the Pentagon. Very close to
2: Donald Trump, military intelligence, specifically army intelligence, I believe.
3: Other candidates itching to get to Capitol Hill also appear to have connections to QAnon, including Oregon Republican Senate nominee Joe Ray Perkins.
4: Where we go one, we go all. I stand with President Trump. I stand with QAnon. Thank you, Anons
3: posted this video the night she won the primary, but it has since been taken down. In recent interviews, Perkins said she was, quote, bummed that her campaign consultants removed the clip.
4: And now
5: to breaking news, an engineer at the Port of Los Angeles is accused of trying to ram a train into the USNS Mercy at full speed. The feds say tonight he confessed and told them the ship is not here to help, but instead is part of a federal government plot to control our lives. The train derailed and ended up just a couple of hundred yards away from the U.S. Navy ship Mercy that was docked in the port of L.A.
6: This is Robbie Martin again. If you're listening to this, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber of ours. We really appreciate you joining our little Media Roots Club. So
7: please make sure to listen to part one of this episode, which is also posted on our Patreon page, but is available to everybody. The episode is titled, The Origins of QAnon. Follow the White Rabbit,
6: into a deeper layer of the MAGA cult. Part two of this episode that you're listening to right now is called
7: When We Go One, We Go All, Along With a Psyop. QAnon's Grasp on the Woke Empire Baby Mind and Weaponizing Satanic Panic. So we're going to just jump right into this sort of pivotal moment in QAnon's existence where the mainstream media decides to talk about QAnon for the first time.
0: You could spot them at Donald Trump rallies this week, holding signs, wearing t-shirts, all with the letter Q. Supporters of a conspiracy theory now emerging from a shadowy corner of the internet into the mainstream. Questions about QAnon, as it's known, were being asked at the White House. It began in October, A person or group of people claiming to have top-secret government clearance began posting on message boards, leaving so-called breadcrumbs. Clues to a vast conspiracy involving the deep state, a global ring of pedophiles, and more. But experts say there's a twist. Instead of framing the entire government as the enemy, in QAnon's story, Trump is the hero. So the theory is that Trump is our savior. Uh, That everything we know about him is at least somewhat wrong if not completely wrong that he has Appointed Mueller not to investigate Russian interference in the election, but instead a Satanic cult QAnon enthusiasts count Roseanne Barr among their ranks and often talk of a coming storm a Reference possibly to this cryptic statement Trump made during a dinner with military leadership So what is the storm? an arrest of all of the bad actors, which includes all of the important Democrats of the last decade, including Clinton and Obama, as well as some Republicans. While it may be easy to dismiss it all as online fantasy, it's crossing over to the real world.
7: It seemed like a lot of people in the media probably were aware of it. I mean, how could even like Robert Mueller, investigating all this stuff, not even be aware of it? I'm sure it was an under the radar thing where a lot of people in DC and maybe even in like the media class knew about it, but just didn't want to talk about it or didn't know how to address it It because just so weird and crazy to talk about, you know, they didn't really want to talk about Pizzagate either too much. They touched it a little bit, but they, you know, it was very heavy. Like this is a crazy conspiracy theory. Look at how crazy these people are. The way they covered QAnon was a little differently because they wanted to sort of examine why so many people had, were into this. They couldn't be like, oh, you fucking idiots who are into this. You're dumb. This is a dumb conspiracy theory. They had to cover it more like a shitload of people believe in this. And it's actually alarming how many of them believe it and how many of them are just seem to be like normal Trump supporters that you can find hundreds of these people at any Trump rally. So there's actually some decent reporting done on like NBC News and some other outlets about QAnon. I think they were mostly talking about it because of that rally and all the signage that was there. And actually the media would sort of drop the subject again for a long time until fairly recently again they have started talking about it. The mainstream media has again started talking about it. Because there have been more and more violent acts and crazy people doing things, getting arrested and doing crazy violent things in the name of Q. And it's also become much more normalized. A lot of current congressional candidates and politicians right now are open Q supporters. And it's at a level that's like actually ridiculous. It's like 30 or 40 across the country are open Q supporters. Some Congress uh, candidates even have... QAnon has issues on their campaign websites.
3: The Trump administration's latest director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, is now 24 hours into his new job. The former Republican congressman was sworn in yesterday, but his nomination and confirmation didn't come without controversy and pushback from Democrats earlier this month. Reports pointed out that his now defunct official campaign Twitter account followed other accounts linked to QAnon an online conspiracy theory group. It's unclear if it was Ratcliffe or others with access to his Twitter feed following those accounts. As Ratcliffe leaves Congress, other candidates itching to get to Capitol Hill also appear to have connections to QAnon, including Oregon Republican Senate nominee Joe Ray Perkins.
4: Where we go one, we go all. I stand with President Trump. I stand with Q and the team. Thank you, Anons, and thank you, patriots. And together, we can save our republic.
3: She posted this video the night she won the primary, but it has since been taken down. In recent interviews, Perkins said she was, quote, bummed that her campaign consultants removed the clip. Let's bring in CNET senior producer Dan Patterson to talk about this. Dan, uh, first help us understand QAnon. Uh, Followers are entrenched in American politics and they call themselves patriots. What is their worldview of Washington and the political arena?
5: Yeah, you know, you sort of threw out a couple of their conspiracy theories and it may sound like super wacky, but you point out that the FBI is actually now taking it seriously. And I kind of like, it's hard to say QAnon is a group.
7: But this is a question that comes up a lot for me and people ask me a lot. You know, they'll ask me, well, are the things you're saying, does this mean that the Trump administration is part of it? I mean, it doesn't sound like you're saying anything that's proof that Trump is somehow behind this. I mean, it could just be some crazy guy on 4 chan What evidence do you have? You know, Trump, Trump's people may be encouraging it. They may know about it. They may be pushing it, but that doesn't mean that Trump administration has anything to do with this. Well, if the Trump administration is just winking and nodding to it and letting an anonymous LARPer Sort of just run rampant on the internet and this for this thing to just run its course on its own, isn't that a little risky? Isn't that a little risky? I mean, if you notice, the Trump administration doesn't even really promote InfoWars, even though there's sort of a passive endorsement there. Like there's definitely a symbiotic relationship there. The Trump administration doesn't promote InfoWars links, or if they do, they don't do it very often. It's not a very common thing. This is different. There's a lot of dog whistling constantly going on from people who are either close to the Trump administration or inside it to QAnon. There's a lot. Michael Flynn dog whistles a lot to QAnon. In fact, he has a Take the Oath thing on his Twitter header right now, which is a QAnon reference. Trump has retweeted countless QAnon accounts that say We Go One, We Go All, which is a hashtag. That comes from QAnon. The way Trump retweets and promotes these accounts is usually just retweet an account that's putting in a QAnon hashtag and then saying something about something else. It's not saying QAnon is real, follow Q. It's just a Q account that Trump will promote. In fact, Trump has actually gone on a 30% increase since the pandemic when everybody's been in a state of fear of promoting QAnon accounts on social media. Eric Trump. Right before the Tulsa rally that Trump just did, that everybody thought was going to be like a chaotic riot, Eric Trump posted a QAnon meme on Facebook and on Instagram. Blatant, unmistakable, no question that Eric Trump knows exactly what he's posting. Peter Navarro, Trump White House official, wore a Q pin on TV during an interview. John Ratcliffe, who's now appointed to the head of the House Intelligence Committee by Trump, followed a bunch of QAnon accounts. Michael Flynn's son is a qanon -er. Benjamin Netanyahu's son is a qanon -er. Roseanne Barr is a qanon -er. Trump has actually personally invited several people to the White House, where the only real explanation you could come up with as why he's invited them to the White House is that they are huge figures in the QAnon movement. That includes Lionel, Grifter radio host turned a Zionist turned Trump bootlicker. That includes Mark Dice, Q in honor. Trump has invited him to the fucking White House. That's crazy. So, what I'm telling you right now is that there's a lot of evidence to suggest that, at the very least, the Trump administration is fully aware of what Q is and is encouraging it to do whatever it wants to do. The same poster on 4chan that suggested we need to do martial law to take down the deep state. So sort of around the same time that you have this mainstreamification of Q happening and seemingly this full acceptance by the White House of QAnon happening, you also have sort of pivotal figures in this movement like WikiLeaks and Infowars turning their backs on QAnon. Now, WikiLeaks was never a QAnon supporter, it never endorsed it, but it remained relatively silent on it when it started for a while, and WikiLeaks kind of did endorse Pizzagate. I mean, they did tweet out Ben Swan's Pizzagate segment, so it wasn't for a while until they threw Q under the bus, and oddly, sort of coincidentally, the material that they used, and they retweeted to throw Q under the bus was an article written by Whitney Webb for mint press news where Whitney Webb quoted me talking about how QAnon seems like it's some kind of intelligence psyop because at the time QAnon was actually pushing Iranian regime change stuff. That was when there was protests happening in Iran again. You remember those protests about the woman taking off her hijab Jack Posobiec and all these other new right supposedly anti-neocon figures started pushing neocon regime change like Cernovich and stuff like that well around that same time Whitney Webb and I were talking and she said she was planning on writing this article and she wanted to get my thoughts on it so I told her that all these random postings about Iran that Q has been doing recently make me think that it's actually some kind of regime change operation potentially or trying to co-opt the conspiracy movement into being pro-regime change. So I was happy when WikiLeaks actually retweeted her article once it came out, because I had been waiting for a long time for WikiLeaks to sort of officially condemn QAnon, because QAnon would not have existed if it were not for their leaks and people's interpretations of them and Pizzagate. So I was really happy that WikiLeaks was trying to put it to bed by posting Whitney's article, and it was a very suspicious time because up until this point, Q didn't really seem to care one way or another about what countries were potential regime change targets. You know, it was racially dog whistling things about MS-13, immigrants, Antifa, Muslim Brotherhood, those kind of things for a while, you know, for like a year. But it wasn't up until. Sort of this time period when this, these Iranian protests erupted, it wasn't until the new right aligned towards what appeared to be Trump's new neocon policies on Iran that QAnon also shifted to pushing regime change in Iran. So it was, to me, it was a distinct shift. It was like, wow. So not only is this thing weird, confusing, and encouraging martial law to the conspiracy movement, it is now injecting pro-neocon Iranian regime change sentiment into the conspiracy movement, into the InfoWars movement, into the New Right movement, Cernovich, all those people. That was really a big deal for me. So when this happened, I was also thinking, okay, great, this means that Q might have to address it because up until this point, Julian Assange and WikiLeaks have been these white hat heroes who are part of this operation and are on trump's side essentially is what q will insinuate so i was really excited to see what q would have to say about this well q didn't have to say fucking shit about it because whoever was writing q whoever they were posting as q that day was in a really fucking lazy mood that day and all they wanted to do was a shitty little cryptic little poem and i'll read it to you now it's quite sad But, of course, I'll read it to you in Q's voice to make it sound important. Extreme efforts to stop Q. Extreme efforts to kill login devices. Extreme
8: efforts to censor. Extreme efforts. Dead
7: cat bounce. Enjoy the show. Bring the rain. Q. Whitney Webb eloquently broke down how... It was super suspicious that all of a sudden QAnon, which is now arguably at this point become more influential than Alex Jones and in Infowars in the conspiracy scene, sort of taken the throne. How notable was that this Pied Piper conspiracy psyop, as that's how Whitney Webb and I saw it, was directing people to be pro-Iranian regime change. That's a very notable thing. So that's why she wrote a whole article about it, eloquently breaking it down. She's a very good writer and researcher. QAnon didn't have shit to fucking say about anything that we brought up. So that was QAnon's official response, essentially, where QAnon's really doing a lot of things there, if you think about it. Not addressing any of the points in the article that Whitney Webb and I brought up about how QAnon is now seemingly a neocon regime change psyop. Injecting neocon regime change sentiment into the conspiracy movement, QAnon also can't say that WikiLeaks is compromised because it's gone too long now, making WikiLeaks seem like it's in Trump's back pocket. WikiLeaks is pro-Trump. That's the narrative Q wants you to believe. This flies in the face of the idea that QAnon is real. If WikiLeaks is throwing QAnon on the bus and saying it's a suspicious, seemingly an intelligent psyop. WikiLeaks also on social media, whoever was running WikiLeaks Twitter that day, and I think maybe even Assange's Twitter posted this, they thought it was an intelligence psyop that could be used for very dangerous purposes. I just think it's really sad and funny that that was Q's best response to try to debunk our points. Did not actually make an attempt to do so at all. He's just saying it was disinformation and using, I guess what sounds like to me, military jargon. What is dead cat bounce even mean is that something that comes from like some stupid you know military obsessed person so if you're listening q whoever's posting these stupid posts you suck you should have done a better job trying to debunk this shit because to me it was instantly revealing not only that you pivoted towards pro neocon regime change in iran but this response to whitney's article that wikileaks retweeted is hilarious now, another really interesting thing happened right here. You may be thinking to yourself, God damn it, Robbie, is it really interesting to keep bringing up Alex Jones's role in this? I mean, he's just a charlatan off Twitter now. He's off YouTube. I mean, like, fuck that guy. Like, why are you even talking about him so much? Well, the reason why I'm talking about him so much is because I think part of the purpose of QAnon and part of the importance of getting Alex Jones fully on board that Guys, think about this. Alex Jones has never in his entire career, if you know anything about him, he is so territorial and so egomaniacal that until he let Roger Stone sort of in the lion's den, he had never allowed anybody to like usurp him or have any authority over him. That whole dynamic really shifted things. And I think that it continued with QAnon because you could see QAnon, what it's already done is it's basically done what some people refer to as imitate and replace. QAnon has gone beyond Alex Jones. Like, QAnon is not, like, we are not tied to, like, Alex Jones or anything, like, re- in regards to, like, Infowars. Like, that would be, like, a
3: misrepresentation of who we are as researchers. No, no, that guy's crazy. He's insane. <laughs> That's
8: the tough thing about conspiracy theories is that a lot of them are put out there very purposely to distract and
7: confuse, and they're just BS. So what's being sent out to distract us? Alex Jones doesn't have control over QAnon, but he fully endorsed it for a year and acted like he was actually directly talking to Q and that Jerome Corsi was directly hired by the Trump administration to decode Q for the public.
6: That's what Alex Jones implied. Now suddenly, things changed. Things changed really quick. So after WikiLeaks threw Q under the bus, what happened was, Q threw Alex Jones under the bus.
7: Q threw Alex Jones under the bus and Jerome Corsi specifically in two postings, two days apart. From May 11, 2008, Q says,
8: this is why
7: we're here. And he posts to a Reddit thread kind of asking why Jerome Corsi and Alex Jones are, are not matching up with some of the things Q are saying. Why the interpretation seemed different. Sort of raising some questions. The next day, Q goes even further and responds to someone saying, Alex Jones a LARP, time to move on. The poster says, We've all been blinded for too long. Alex Jones is not alt media. He is a traitor. He makes
6: us all look crazy. Fuck him. Q and on agrees and responds by saying, Time to move on. Big week ahead. Q.
7: At the end of Q's posts, he drops a link to a Fox News article, Alex Jones' Sandy Hook lawsuit, alleging that Alex Jones himself said in court that he is a performance artist. Q was trying to draw people's attention to the fact that Q was alleging that Alex Jones was a performance artist, a.k.a. a charlatan. Later that day, Q
6: posted this. And this is where it gets really clear that Q is no longer a friend of Alex Jones's. Q says, They attempted to infiltrate,
8: repackage, and rebrand as their own profit vehicle, destroy through misinformation, absorb the quote, confused, reroute traffic to other platforms. Action was needed, parentheses two. One. Prevent false decode slash misinformation. Two. Kill. Targeted. Infection. Prior to expansion. Simple. Quote. Non-direct. Statements made. Quote. Be careful who you follow. Unquote. Quote. Some people are profiting off this movement. Unquote. Message sent. Message received. Those guilty immediately reacted. Predictably. Timetable accelerated. Misinformation attack. Exposed. Attempts to divide. We responded. House cleaning. Heal. Core. Important to clean prior to next events. The choice has always been yours. The choice will always be yours. This is not a game. This is not a popularity contest. This is life. Freedom. Together. We. The people. WWG. One. WGA. Time to move on. Dark. To light. Attacks will only get worse. Truth is freedom. Truth is logic. Stay the course.
7: And as you can probably imagine, Alex Jones wasn't too happy about this incident. After investing an entire year into propping up essentially a competitor of his um, that was anonymous and that couldn't get sued for saying things like, James Elefantis was running a child sex trafficking ring out of his pizza parlor, or that no children died in Sandy Hook. QAnon was shielded by anonymity. So imagine Alex Jones's rage when he had seen that this thing that he claimed the Trump administration instructed his people to cover and decode, including Jerome Corsi, threw him under the bus. In fact, Alex Jones and Jerome Corsi had a complete shit fit about it and proceeded to say that the entire thing had actually been compromised
6: by the deep state, that it was now no longer trustworthy.
1: He got told by the White House six months ago, hey, we like QAnon. But now that's not the case. And so I was on the phone this morning and talked to some folks who were out playing golf with People that have been involved in QAnon, they say, hey, that's been taken over. We're unable to even post anymore. That's not us anymore. And then Corsi is, was right the same line two days ago in private conversations we had, saying, hey, it's been compromised. Then I was didn't even talk about it on air. Then I was separately told this by QAnon. So I'm going to say again, I've talked to QAnon. There's only about five, six people that have actually been posting. I've talked to QAnon, and they're saying QAnon is no longer QAnon. You're correct. I think
2: the White House for a long time did support QAnon. I, I've been following it since December. And then periodically there would be cyber attacks and it would shift. It was clear that the QAnon identity was under attack. Uh, the real shift occurred really on April 28th. That's when I really concluded, began concluding that QAnon was now completely hijacked by a GOP operation, that had hijacked the identity and was starting to Published disinformation designed to destroy the movement and dividing the movement. Uh, the posts changed in quality and their content. Uh, we started to get attacks on people profiteering, making money. You know, you can't make any money on the uh, patriot movement if you money. So making we started to see here. a
1: fog of confusion attacking exactly. the platforms, yes.
2: And, and no leader, I mean, first of all, no leader like QAnon, why would you attack... Prominent spokespeople in, you know, in the movement attacking, you know, me for writing a book and making money on writing a book, and so I began to get then, just you know, inundated, with uh, troll-type emails and postings on Twitter, attacking me, uh, for profiteering, even though I've been one of the most prominent supporters of Q. And
1: basically, stick a fork in the avatar of QAnon. It is now an overrun disinformation fountain. No one knows who QAnon is. It's a bunch of people on 4chan and 8chan. It says some good things. It says some bad things. But even after I've tried to be nice to 4chan and 8chan and and, and the whole Q thing, it comes out and says, Jones is a Zionist shill. He's going to get arrested. All this crap. Trump's daughter is married to an Orthodox Jew. Trump is pro-Israel. But you guys don't attack him because he's too big a target. But see that paradox of Q becoming anti-Semitic? That's not the real Q. If Q was ever real, we don't need a bunch of anti-Semitic crap, a bunch of anti-Israel stuff. That's a diversion. The CHICOMs are the issue. The EU is the issue. The UN collapsing our borders the issue.
7: So as you can see, Alex Jones took this very personally. And just for the record, there's no Q postings going after Israel. In fact, people have actually asked Q, because keep in mind 4chan, 8chan, 8kun, are basically a hotbed for anti-Semites. There's a lot of crossover with actual neo-Nazi anti-Semites and people who go after Israel, even though Netanyahu's son is like an alt-right troll, peppy, the flag, anti-Semitic meme posting dude.
6: I know it sounds strange, but this is all all real. Q has basically alluded to Israel being last,
7: that the reason why Israel is not being talked about is because there's some kind of surprise happening last. Of course, this has been the theme of QAnon the entire time. Carrot on a stick. People are going to get arrested. The very first post was about Hillary getting arrested. Obviously, it never happened. So this idea that Q had turned anti-Semitic was like a weird strafe attack Alex Jones tried to use because a lot of the 4chan people were probably attacking Jones maybe for being an Israeli shill because Jones actually is he does shill for israel constantly on his show i mean that's something that he does so maybe this just opened him up once uh, qAnon turned on him it opened him up to like the 4chan armies who had already hated israel to begin with these alex jones is an israeli shill conspiracies have been around for a long time um like that he's a literal israeli plant i mean conspiracies but the idea that he is pretty much a zionist Um, is true, and it's especially more pronounced now with Trump in office. Now, just to give credit to the original author, I grabbed some of these audio clips of Alex Jones from the YouTube channel No More News. Just need to say, I don't endorse the content on this channel, but this particular video um, was really well put together in terms of Alex Jones' relationship to Q. And you'll notice an interesting parallel happening here While Robert Mueller's investigation is looking at people like Roger Stone, Eric Prince, and even Alex Jones's name appears in some of the Mueller report, or people have speculated that it's Alex Jones's name, I can't remember exactly if it's in there or not, Jerome Corsi was also wrapped up in the Mueller investigation and almost went to jail. It's just an interesting parallel that's happening here, while some of the biggest QAnon supporters And even some of these pinnacle players in the Pizzagate narrative planting the seeds for that were being investigated by Mueller for Russiagate. And even though Q supporters this whole time have been led to believe that Julian Assange and Trump have the secret backdoor relationship and that they're allies, in the background, the Trump administration is actually working up a serious indictment that was probably passed to them from the Obama administration. But basically going after Julian Assange for the leaks, but doing it about like hacking. It was a very disingenuous bullshit indictment. And that'll materialize in a different way later with QAnon and QAnon's followers in kind of a sad, empathetic way. It's not already scary enough that the Trump administration could have some kind of involvement in this crazy satanic panic conspiracy theory that's basically encouraging people to want to round up the left and throw them into camps and encouraging people that martial law is okay to stop the deep state and encouraging people that the deep state is really only democrats and people who oppose trump because i need to remind you again that this q narrative in general all it does is it absolves trump and, and it, it implies that he's always five steps ahead of everybody. And then everything that happens, even when it seems like he makes a mistake or a typo, is actually code for something good that he's doing. People r- currently running for Congress in 2020, there are literally 57 current or former congressional candidates who embrace QAnon. And Media Matters uh, broke this down in a pretty good article here. Let me just give you a little, a little rundown of all these really bizarre incidents and violent things that have resulted from people being inspired by QAnon and that have taken it upon themselves to act out things that QAnon and QAnon's followers have sort of talked about and encouraged. Because even though that gunman in Comet Pizza got a lot of media attention and people still talk about it all the time like it was... A, a really horrifying event. Nobody actually got hurt, and since then there have been dozens of things like it that I would argue are much more disturbing. That reflect that QAnon is actually making a lot of these people not just be total brown shirt Trump loyalists who want to see the left and the and believe the left are satanic pedophiles and want to see them rounded up put in camps. It's actually causing a lot of people to be triggered into mental illness where they believe they must take it upon themselves and fight the deep state because they've essentially got tired of waiting. QAnon's carrot on a stick approach, constantly making these promises that people are going to go down and nothing happens combined with people who are either already lonely or maybe they don't have very many friends and family who are already such strong believers in this narrative. I think it actually on some level can cause somebody to snap and I'll list for you now several incidents and events that happen where I think people snapped as a result of Qanon belief. You might think, "Oh, well, this is still a really fringe thing. Even if Boomer, MAGA, cult, Trump supporters are into it, you know, like it's it's a relatively obscure thing. It can't be that widespread." Well, you'd be absolutely wrong because now that not just all these congressional candidates, fifty-seven of them, are active Q supporters. There have now been a lot of pictures, social media postings shown by active-duty military and law enforcement inside the United States who are also QAnon supporters, and that's fucking scary to me. We just had Danny Haifeng on the podcast to talk about how right-wing militia groups were always sort of walking arm-in-arm with law enforcement in this country to stifle racial minorities. Or racial minorities who would pose any threat to the status quo. This is a similar situation, except these people are so riled up that they almost believe everyone on the left is like a subhuman demon. So if cops already weren't scary enough, you know, with that history, now they like, some of them actually think that people on the left, like, so if you're a cop and you just stop some random leftist with pink hair or something... You might think they're a fucking deep state pedophile or they're a Satanist because that's how fucking delusional Q has made you. That's how dehumanized you view other people on the other side of the political spectrum. I mean, sure, I've definitely heard Democrats and leftists talking about people on the right in dehumanizing terms. Abby and I, I remember we discussed how during the hurricane, um, during the Texas floods, we heard a lot of Democrats Like neoliberal Dems in like L.A. and stuff saying like, oh, fuck it. I don't care if these people die. They voted for Trump. They're all Trump supporters anyways. But in general, I feel that the left does not see the right dehumanized like like demons, like animals. They don't see them that way. They don't see them that way. But there is an increasing sentiment on the right that has been very, very much stoked by conspiracies like Pizzagate and QAnon that the left are generally depraved perverts who believe in Satan, who could potentially be pedophiles, and are all communists too. Because they're all radical leftists, right? And If Nancy Pelosi's a radical leftist, then that means any grandpa who votes Democrat's is also a radical leftist. We've reached a new era, so to think that cops, some cops are walking around now already empowered by like racial animosity and their terrible dehumanization training they're also now empowered by belief in q absolutely terrifying i mean i I even questioned for a second if that's part of the reason why the police during these this big new round of black lives matter protests were acting so aggressive like do these fucking cops think that all the protesters were elite deep state pedophiles why were they beating them up so bad? Why were they so angry at the processors this time? I'm not saying that seriously, but I'm also not saying it 100% jokingly. Like, I'm not saying that cops are actually saying that girl holding a Black Lives Matter sign might work for John Podesta and is doing deep state pedophilia. I just mean that the lens in which they've seen Democrats and the left do so long, it's actually made them believe that the left supports satanic pedophiles openly like the left has no problem supporting satanic pedophiles and that all these protesters themselves are actually somehow funded by george soros and that antifa and blm is one big communist conspiracy either funded by george soros or the deep state to undermine trump or foreign actors So there's been over a dozen incidents over the past year or so of military and police publicly donning or posting on social media QAnon insignia or memes. The Daily Beast reported this story on December 3rd, 2008. Sheriff punishes SWAT officer who wore QAnon patch in Pence photo. The Florida SWAT officer who was photographed with Vice President Mike Pence while wearing a patch supporting QAnon, will be punished, according to law enforcement officials. Department Sergeant Matt Patton intentionally wore a patch that said Q while working on Pence's security detail last week, according to an internal report. Patton intended to use his proximity to Pence to promote the QAnon theory, which posits that President Trump is engaged in a secret war with high-ranking Democrat pedophiles. QAnon believers saw Patton's patch, which was first reported by right-wing watch reporter Jared Holt, as proof that the White House supports the ludicrous movement, especially after Pence tweeted the picture from his account. The tweet was later deleted after the QAnon connection was pointed out. What Will Summer does here, and I, I don't follow Will Summer on Twitter, I don't align with his politics. Even though Jared Holt does some amazing work on this subject and on Right Wing Watch, I don't necessarily align with his politics either. Like he was very pro-deplatforming Alex Jones and the like. Um, I just think that that's too much of a slippery slope. As we're seeing now, Reddit is just actually saying they're going to remove the Donald forum and the Chapo Trap House forum at the same time. So that's a sign of what's to come, that's obviously very bad for everybody that does anything in alternative media, That's any does anything remotely controversial. They're not just coming for the neo-Nazis and the crazy Sandy Hook deniers like Alex Jones. I know that sounds dumb, but I believe it. I strongly believe it to be the case. But Will Sommer does something interesting in this article where he sort of distances himself from it, where he says that non believers saw Patton's patch as proof that the White House supports... movement and he also mentions that pence tweeted this picture from pence's account eric trump as i mentioned just a couple of weeks ago posted on facebook and on instagram a QAnon meme that was blatant and unmistakable it wasn't an accident he later deleted it too why did he delete it i don't know maybe some aides of trump said you can't post that that's too ridiculous take that down but the point I'm making is that Will Sommer doesn't insert his own opinion here. If he thinks Trump is actually endorsing QAnon or the Trump administration is actually endorsing QAnon. And that's something that I repeatedly see journalists who are covering this subject detach themselves from taking a position on that. If they believe that the Trump administration is endorsing it. And of course, if they're not even taking a position on that, they're not going to take a position on the sort of the deeper, more conspiratorial angle that I've laid out here, which is that, that Trump's administration may actually be involved in posting from QAnon. Because if you see what the example I just illustrated for you of Alex Jones, he lost control of QAnon. QAnon turned on him, started to insult Alex Jones and Jerome Corsi as being charlatans trying to make money off of the drops. QAnon at any time, in theory, if it's just a random LARPer group, could turn on Trump and use their energy to actually hurt Trump. I mean, at this point, it's actually a voting block, believe it or not, QAnon. So that's what makes me believe that on some level, somehow Trump's administration or intelligence agencies like the CIA during the Trump administration have some kind of involvement in it. Otherwise, I feel like it would be too risky for them to be dog whistling to it and like passively endorsing it to the frequency that they have. Because tomorrow, QAnon could say, Trump went to Epstein Island and raped kids along with Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz is not a patriot. That was a ruse. He's actually a child rapist and Trump rapes kids too. He's a deep state pedo. I mean, in theory, that could happen. I'm just saying. This is a recent article from June. June 2020. And this is actually after some of the BLM protests started. And uh, actually, some people covering the BLM protests on the ground were finding cops and SWAT police with Q insignia. Not just Q insignia, but some of them with blatant neo-Nazi swastika a neo-nazi symbol tattoos and things like that so a lot of pictures sort of coming out i can't remember exactly which ones were q but this article came out of chicago cbs channel 2 it says serious concerns have been raised over illinois police officers with ties to right-wing extremist groups cbs investigated whether the officers beliefs and conspiracy theories affect their police work local radio station 103.9 recently took some time to talk about a photo the men in the picture identified themselves online as Laskel police officers Matthew Conkell and Mark Manicki. Both officers say they attended the reopen Illinois rally in Springfield. So these are reopen protesters in Illinois. The article continues. They were apparently off at duty at the time, wearing vests with the letter Q, which stands for on. Manicki's social media is filled with conspiracy theories on everything from George Floyd's death to the coronavirus. It kind of terrifies me, to be honest, says Paisia Chonard with Black Lives Matter Illinois Valley. Chonard is one of the founders of Illinois Valley's Black Lives Matter. She so you seen the pictures of the two officers wearing these vests, raising the concern for Chonard that even though they were off-duty in the photos, their policing when back in uniform could be impacted by conspiracy beliefs. Maybe that story seems innocuous to you, but... Just let it sink in that active law enforcement are now QAnon believers. It's one thing to just be like right wing and be really like motivated by your reptile brain and Fox News and racist dog whistling, and also be law enforcement officer. But to me, it's a whole other thing to be dog whistled by like an evangelical satanic panic thing, where you believe that most of these protesters, you know, these cops, once they go on the streets to actually deal with protesters. QAnon is telling them that it's all George Soros or some kind of deep state ploy. That the protesters are fake and they're commies trying to take down the government. I think that fuels a certain kind of rage that goes beyond the
6: normal racist dehumanization programming that police have. I would strongly argue that it does. On
7: June 3rd, 2020, a Bellevue police officer is placed on administrative leave over social media profiles the article says according to the bellevue police department's blog it was brought to their attention on tuesday june 2nd that an officer maybe have violated the department's social media policy and you know maybe this went under the police department's radar because it's you know it's kind of cryptic or whatever but so first people noticed that this cop from bellevue was posting a conspiracy theory that the video of george floyd being killed was doctored and, and at this time, obviously, things were very sensitive, very heated, so people were looking for racist cops, essentially. Kind of a, a cop watch, social media digging kind of a thing, which I think people should continue to do. Out all these crazy motherfucking cops. But don't stop at the racism because if you do, you might miss shit like this. So somebody kept digging on his account and found that he was actually tweeting straight-up QAnon memes. And he actually has a photograph of himself tweeting from his own Twitter account with SWAT police gear on and a face mask on with the QAnon hashtag WWG1WGA, which stands for when we go one, we go all. You may remember the incident um, that Abby and I talked about last month, or maybe it was a couple months ago on Media Roots Radio, about the Silver Core. The mercenary force, the Blackwater, wannabe Blackwater force, maga force, that this guy who runs this company, the CEO of Silvercore, basically let the cat out of the bag on Twitter and announced that he was going to try to do a coup against Maduro in Venezuela. And the coup failed, which they tried to do with this mercenary force. Big surprise. One of the mercenaries captured by Venezuelan authorities one of the heads of this operation, who was captured on the ground from Silvercore, is a qanon An American mercenary who tried to launch a coup in Venezuela on behalf of a MAGA-chud, Eric Prince wannabe, is a qanon honor. Shocker. Vice Magazine has an article titled, Captured American Mercenary Appears to be Really Into QAnon. Vice and some of these other places will write articles just saying that so-and-so followed a bunch of Q accounts, and that must mean that they're a QAnon supporter, like Daniel Radcliffe, the guy who um, Trump appointed to be the head of the House Intelligence Committee. You know, maybe Radcliffe is a QAnoner. QAnon -er seems to think Radcliffe is a patriot. But what's different about this guy, Arian Barry, the Silvercore mercenary, is that he actually followed on Instagram hashtags that are very, very specific to QAnon. It's pretty unmistakable that this guy was a pretty big QAnoner. You don't follow the hashtag, hashtag #QArmy and hashtag #QAnon8coon unless you know exactly what QAnon is. So those are just a few examples of police that we know who have been outed as being QAnoners and military that we know who have been outed as being QAnoners. Imagine how many more of them are just secret QAnoners and know better than to don QAnon symbols in photographs with the vice president, and in public. This is where things get really creepy to me and honestly really sad because I saw this coming years ago when I was dabbling a lot more in the conspiracy movement. I saw the possibility that a lot of people who were maybe not super savvy or didn't really have much knowledge already to begin with about like the American deep state and things like that, they could get really taken by bad griftery clickbait conspiracy stuff that wasn't just there to grift off people, but a lot of it seemed to actually be putting people into like a mentally vulnerable state that would make them think that they're like seeing symbolism in all these things, like satanic symbolism, Illuminati symbolism. I remember being really bothered by that kind of conspiracy stuff a long time ago, and that stuff's been around for. You know, it really actually hasn't been around that long. I mean, Illuminati stuff has been, but not the idea that you are some kind of sage that can interpret the pedophile and Illuminati and deep state symbols in like children's Saturday morning cartoons. That Mark Dice griftery weird bullshit and that style, I think it's actually greased the skids for a lot of mentally ill people to potentially get triggered into doing violent things or stupid things to get themselves arrested and i'll list you a bunch of examples now of events that i believe were triggered by QAnon. this is a kind of a a sad story a guy named lane davis this was reported on spLC on october 23rd 2017 says lane davis 33 was obsessed with liberal pedophilia and allegedly accused his dad before stabbing him to death. According to witnesses, Davis accused his father of pedophilia based not on anything he had experienced, but on his belief in conspiracy theories that liberals are secretly organizing nefarious pedophile rings around the globe, and in one case, even on Mars. Let me stop you here and mention, I totally forgot to mention somebody that's actually kind of important in this, Robert David Steele, who is a QAnon-pushing pizzagate pushing ex spook who alex jones used to have on all the time who somehow even gained credibility in the 9-11 movement who pals around with caitlin johnstone in videos they did a video together robert david Steele is the one who said that there's child sex trafficking on mars i mean he sounds like a total lunatic but what's really actually fascinating about him is a journalist by the name of nafiz ahmed who i have a lot of respect for did an article where he interviewed Robert David Steele about four or five years ago before the Trump era, so the tail end of the Obama era. Robert David Steele is explaining in a similar way that Steve Pachenik did why some kind of self-generated, crowdsourced intelligence gathering network would be really important to take down the deep state and to be able to actually fight organizations like the CIA. Robert David Steele was essentially suggesting what eventually came out of Pizzagate and QAnon on these Reddit and 4chan communities, all these sleuth investigators doing their own so-called intelligence gathering. In some weird way, he plays a role in this too. Now, I recommend you go back and read that article that Robert David Steele was in, written by Nafiz Ahmed, because it does have some weird connection to QAnon as well, And it was written four years before QAnon. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Robert David Steele's actual role is. But this is where this guy, Lane Davis, got the idea that there was child sex trafficking on Mars, because I know for sure that that's where that claim came from, was Robert David Steele on Infowars. The article continues, earlier this year, one of his Seattle for Truth videos described progressive ideology's deep state ties to pedophilia. The stabbing occurred on Friday, July 14th, and Davis was arraigned in his father's murder the next day. However, it wasn't until after his August 10th plea hearing, in which he pleaded not guilty, that he was recognized on social media as none other than Seattle for Truth by journalist Ian Miles Chong. I like how they call him a journalist. He's a total alt-right grifter, Ian Miles Chong, who, by the way, encouraged total fascist retaliation on protesters recently during the recent BLM protesters. As all the actual new right figures did. They all came out as being, they can no longer say like, oh, you just call everyone you don't like a fascist. Well, now all of these people have actually revealed themselves to be blatant fascists who want army called in with live rounds to take down protesters. They're full-blown fascist cunts. Full-blown. The article continues... According to documents filed at Skagit County District Court, the younger Davis picked a fight with his parents on July 14th, calling them leftists and pedophiles. Charles Davis recorded one of his arguments on his cell phone and made it clear that Lane threatened several times to kill his father. According to statements Lane Davis gave police, his father attempted to kick him out of the house and had told his son that he had called the police to eject him. The younger Davis claimed Charles Davis had called him a racist and a Nazi. Grabbing a kitchen knife... Lane Davis then stabbed his father in the chest multiple times. Charles Davis was dead when police arrived. Another weird incident happened. QAnon promised the release of this secret memo. I guess there was the Noons memo that came out that sort of revealed some things that apparently showed that the Obama administration was involved in Russiagate. And there was this talk that QAnon was actually saying that there was another memo, a secret memo. That was going to be released. QAnon supporter took QAnon's demands very, very seriously and actually parked his car on the Hoover Dam and had a standoff with police armed, demanding that somebody, I don't know who, release the memo because Q actually put out a demand. On January 18th, 2018, Q posts, Fight, fight. 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 Demand public disclosure.
8: Be loud. Be heard. This is just the beginning. 2018 will be glorious.
7: Q. Matthew Wright was 32 years old. Matthew Wright was a QAnon supporter. And according to the Arizona Central, it says, In June 2008, Wright blocked traffic by parking his vehicle, which held weapons and 900 rounds of ammunition across the lanes of Mike ocallaghan Pat Tillman Bridge that soars 890 feet above the Colorado River and stands less than a mile from the famed dam. In a letter from jail, Wright would write that he thought that these actions he did out of a sense of patriotism and a desire to bring what he thought were hidden truths to the public. At one point during the standoff, Wright held a sign out of his armored van that read, release the OIG report. I forgot to mention that Wright actually had a self-armored van. For this event. And it, technically it wasn't at the Hoover Dam, but it was right next to it. It was on a really, really tall, famous bridge that's right next to the Hoover Dam. It was an eight hour long standoff.
6: The Hoover Dam was shut down after a standoff with a man in an armored truck. The suspect reportedly armed, blocking the highway with the vehicle near the famous landmark. A tour group was evacuated as authorities responded. The suspect eventually taken into custody after crossing from Nevada into Arizona.
7: This is possibly one of the weirdest incidents of them all. That was directly, apparently, inspired by QAnon. Well, actually, I take that back. There's one more that's probably the weirdest, actually. What happened was a QAnon follower named Anthony Comello, 25 years old, tried to do a citizen's arrest on a member of the Gambino crime family, Francesco Frank Cali. So at first nobody understood why this random 25 year old kid had to murder Frank Cali from the Gambino family. It was confusing.
5: Now to the news. The man accused of killing reputed mob boss Frank Cali is heading back to Staten Island to face charges. Anthony Camello raised eyebrows as he appeared before a judge for the first time today. He had the words MAGA forever and United we stand scribbled on the palm of his hand, which he flashed at cameras in the courtroom. The 24-year-old was arrested over the weekend, a couple of days after police say he intentionally crashed into Callie's SUV with the truck, then gunned down the reputed boss
7: of the Gambino crime family. A motive is still a little unclear. But it turned out that he tried to do a citizen's arrest on him Cali resisted, so he ended up killing him. Anthony Camello later told the court that he killed Cali because he believed the mob boss was, quote, part of the deep state and wanted to eliminate him to help Donald Trump. Camello says he is a believer in QAnon, a conspiracy theory that claims agents within the government are trying to oust Trump from office. Now, I don't know the full details of why, somehow this Gambino crime family member got wrapped up in the QAnon conspiracy theory. But I I have a feeling it's not something that QAnon directly talked about. It's just this guy did this on his own. So a random 25-year-old QAnon follower went and murdered someone from a mob family because he thought it was going to help Trump take down the deep state. That really happened. Just a few months ago, January 7, 2020, The Kansas City Star reports that a mom enlists QAnon conspiracy group to help kidnap child in a raid, Colorado cops say. A Colorado woman was arrested December 30th in Montana for planning a raid to kidnap her child. The daughter told officials that the mom was planning a raid with members of the right-wing conspiracy group QAnon in an attempt to kidnap her mom's other child who had been taken from her custody. story doesn't quite make sense to me, but this is reported in the news. I don't know what her exact plan was, but she wanted—I guess she thought that QAnon people were going to kidnap her child out of deep state pedophilia because it, the child was not in her custody, and they wanted the QAnon people to help rescue the kid. Is, is how I'm understanding it. Weird story. Another sad and just weird story about another QAnon supporter. This was reported. Just this month, actually, June 11th, 2020, a father live streams multi-town police chase with five kids in van. This was reported in the New Hampshire Union Leader. And while he was live streaming this, he talks about things having to do with QAnon. He asks Donald Trump that he needs a miracle during the live stream. He says to the kids during the live stream, all they're going to do is drug me and then say that I'm crazy. Yeah, it's a really sad video. Um, he live-streamed the whole thing. He was a huge QAnon supporter. And I'm not exactly sure what he got in his head is why he needed to go on a high-speed police chase um, with his children in the car and and what about QAnon made him do that. But the things he's saying in the live stream make it appear that his mental break has something to do with QAnon and the narratives that QAnon's been putting out. So this is when things get quite bizarre to me and actually I was not doing my due diligence recently and I had sort of dropped the ball and wasn't paying too much attention to Q in the second half of 2019 and after I kind of stopped paying attention to Q as a curiosity after 8chan went down so after the El Paso shooting 8chan shut down when 8 Coon came back and then Q came back on there I sort of totally lost interest And it just didn't seem like the even the energy of the Q movement, you know, some of the more hardcore people um, were losing faith. Even you, you could see that they were, but it didn't matter because Q had such they it had an exponentially growing audience of like people who were not that familiar with internet conspiracy culture and who were being like indoctrinated by Q still. And looking back at all the old. Postings and all the old breadcrumbs and all that stuff, and they were still writing on that. What I've learned recently is that a lot of what Q has been talking about since COVID-19 is exactly what you would expect Q to be talking about. So if you're wondering, we're all like the extremely strong, anti-fauci, um, anti-CDC, anti-lockdown even stuff, a lot of that's coming from, it's coming from Q. Because Q has been saying to people that COVID-19 is a hoax. So at the same time the president was actually saying COVID-19 was a hoax, a Democrat hoax, on April 8th, 2020, QAnon for the first time mentions COVID. And he posts this with the subject heading, Democrats are determined to undermine election integrity protections using COVID-19 as a prop. Read
8: in order. Breitbart article. Fox News article. Trump tweet. Why did WHO make several strong recommendations not to impose a travel ban? Why did select D-Govs ban the use of hydroxychloroquine? Why does fake news push anti-hydroxychloroquine? Why was impeachment pushed through H-Fast? Time-sensitive? Why? Why? When did Biden become the frontrunner? Why was this critically important? What happened directly after? Who benefits the most? Everything at stake. When everything else failed, do you attempt to cheat? Welcome to the D, People's Republic of China, party. The silent war continues. Six plus. Q.
7: So already Q is basically pushing a lot of the same... COVID-19 conspiracy stuff we've heard mostly from these right-wing fringe people this whole time. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised if Q was just recycling stuff from other places in the conspiracy fringe media, right-wing media. But we have to keep in mind that there are literal and PNAC neocons who are pushing anti-China rhetoric against the WHO, even against lockdowns, They're simultaneously saying that China needs to pay reparations to the world for killing people from COVID 19 and also saying the virus is not that big of a deal. But it's interesting that QAnon actually really exploded after COVID 19. They, whoever's running the account, posted a lot of stuff. And somehow it actually led QAnon supporters into not just believing that the virus itself was a hoax, but they actually started to believe. That it was a cover that, again, just like the very first few Q postings that I read you on this broadcast, they believed that the lockdowns and COVID 19 was one big hoax and one big cover story to finally arrest the deep state Hillary Clinton and all the deep state elites and pedos, pedo elites. People started to say Hillary Clinton was already arrested and she had an ankle bracelet on during COVID. Where was Hillary? QAnon supporters were saying she must already be in Gitmo. They were saying that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson were given COVID-19 as a secret assassination for being deep state pedos. They were saying Oprah already secretly arrested and wearing ankle bracelets. So I don't know how it got to this level, but this is what QAnon's breadcrumbs about COVID-19 led people into thinking. So for some reason, these hospital ships Some of them were treating COVID-19 victims. Most of them actually were just treating other kinds of victims. They were there to help supplement hospitals getting overloaded from COVID-19 victims. These military ships, the USNC Mercy, the USNC Comfort, these different ships that were now docked on these ports somehow became a topic of QAnon conspiracy lore. And the implication that the ships themselves were actually not holding Victims, uh, people being treated, doctors, they were actually holding child sex slaves. QAnon supporters had gotten it into their heads that these ships were holding child sex slaves. Don't ask me exactly how that transpired, how they got that idea in their heads, because I cannot find the actual Q postings about it. I've looked. But what happened was, and I would argue this is probably the craziest thing that has happened so far as a result of QAnon.
5: And now to breaking news an engineer at the Port of Los Angeles is accused of trying to ram a train into the USNS Mercy at full speed. The feds say tonight he confessed and told them the ship is not here to help, but instead is part of a federal government plot to control our lives. The train derailed under the span of the Vincent Thomas Bridge and ended up just a couple of hundred yards away from the U.S. Navy ship Mercy that was docked in the port of L.A.
4: The bizarre derailment ended here, just 250 yards from the U.S. Naval ship Mercy, docked at the port of Los Angeles. It has non-COVID hospital patients on board. Federal agents say 44-year-old Eduardo Moreno, the train engineer, purposely ran it off the tracks. They say his intention was to crash it into the USNS Mercy just before 1230 Tuesday afternoon. A CHP officer says he saw Moreno purposefully run the train off the tracks through concrete and steel barriers through a chain link fence and three unoccupied cars before it finally came to a stop. Luckily, no one was hurt that CHP officer and port police took Moreno into custody. He apparently told the CHP officer he believed the USNS Mercy was tied to a government plot. He said the whole world is watching. I had to. People don't know what's going on here. Now they will. He was-
7: when confronted, Moreno allegedly told Los Angeles police that he thought the Mercy was being used for something other than helping hospitals with the overflow of patients from hospitals dealing with coronavirus. He said, you only get this chance once. The whole world is watching. I had to. People don't know what's going on there. Now they will. He also allegedly told the FBI he did it to wake people up. He said that he thought the ship was suspicious and did not believe it was for what they say it was. He was charged with one count of train wrecking. This incident happened in late March 2020. And if you thought that that was the only incident that happened at one of these hospital ships... They're helping deal with the overflow of patients for coronavirus. You were fucking dead wrong. Because only about a month later, according to Channel 4 New York NBC, the headline says, An exotic fire dancer, QAnon follower, arrested near USNS Comfort with car full of knives. She told authorities she believed President Trump was talking to her and felt like she personally was the coronavirus.
8: I'm so scared. So I'm terrified that they're gonna hurt me. I need to turn off I'm car. so scared. I
6: understand.
7: You need to turn
6: off your car, yeah.
8: I'm at to comfort you guys. I need help. I think, I, I think I'm the coronavirus. Turn
7: off
0: your car.
8: I'm scared too. I don't want you to hurt me.
7: Nobody's going to hurt you. Gonna hurt you. Uh, please. We're going to try to get you the help you need, okay? If I need, to
4: turn off your car. Can I keep my phone with me? Yeah, you can have your phone. I was watching um, the, the press conferences with Donald Trump on TV, okay. okay? I felt like he was talking to me, okay?
7: okay. So I forgot to mention something important i promised i would explain wh- how q anon was going to deal with wikileaks because as i said the trump administration was already working up this indictment and by this time in the timeline julian assange is already indicted in belmarsh prison and he has an indictment waiting for him to be extradited to the united states put it forth by the trump justice department how did QAnon deal with this predicament Because if the Trump administration is prosecuting Assange, or wants to, and is trying to bring him into American detention, then that must mean that either Assange is bad, or WikiLeaks is bad, or QAnon is somehow not telling the truth. Because you can't say that Trump is bad. Because like I've said the whole time, one of the reasons I think that the Trump administration or intelligence networks close to the Trump administration have some involvement in Q is because it's never ever betrayed Trump and it doesn't seem like it ever will and that's notable I think. So how do you deal with this predicament? How did Q deal with it? Well this is how and this also speaks to sort of one of the last topics I wanted to really hone in on here on this podcast. The mainstreamification of Q. How the QAnon narrative itself the larger narrative that it's trying to build, has gone far beyond even just QAnon supporters. It has actually seeped into the mainstream of the right-wing consciousness to the point where you will actually hear right-wing figures on Fox News, Sean Hannity, Limbaugh, even people who did really good work on Russiagate, who I respect very much. You will hear them, like Glenn Greenwald, repeating rhetoric that sounds eerily similar to QAnon. And they might not even realize they're doing it. And I'll, I'm going to follow that thread a little later. You might think, what? Why are you talking shit about them? What the hell are you bringing them up for? I'll, I'll explain. But the, back to the WikiLeaks thing. So what QAnon managed to do is he convinced a lot of his supporters, a lot of their supporters, including people that I know personally, that I argued with about this, that Julian Assange was actually secretly being laundered inside the United States to have a personal face-to-face meeting with Trump to finally reveal and provide the Trump to pro- to provide the proof to Trump that Seth Rich was the leaker, and that Julian Assange's arrest was actually secretly good because he was being whisked away to be rescued by Donald Trump. He was being laundered. This sounds like an absolutely absurd, cartoonish narrative that requires. A deep, deep level of cult-like fucking stupidity obsession with Donald Trump and absolving him of anything problematic that Donald Trump can do no wrong. Well, it actually went beyond QAnon and even people like Scott Adams, who's like a MAGA guy now, but not a QAnon guy by any stretch of the imagination. It actually seeped into his idiot brain, his sugar daddy brain, And Scott Adams started talking about how he thinks Assange is being laundered in Periscope videos, a series of Periscope videos, and that Trump was actually rescuing Assange with this indictment. So somehow this delusional, psychotic, MAGA, you know, mindset that's already psychotic started like a sponge seeping in QAnon narratives from outside the the field. Because I highly doubt Scott Adams even realized this was a QAnon narrative. I mean... It's incredible, but somehow Q is still able to keep the ship floating by making it appear that Assange was being rescued. And I remember even people who are Q supporters spreading around a picture that appeared to be Trump's new attorney general, William Barr, standing outside of the van that Julian Assange was being arrested in, basically giving him a thumbs up, like, we love you, Julian. Like to think that that would be a real thing is incredible. But this is what QAnon supporters were still buying into is that somehow William Barr had run over there to England to congratulate Assange for the laundering that he was about to receive to secretly be whisked away to a secret meeting with Trump. And keep in mind, this is all while at the current moment Julian Assange's health is failing in prison, mentally and physically. He's in bad shape. And all the QAnon supporters are still delusionally thinking that he's in great shape and he's being rescued. So it's really, really sad, actually. It's really sad because Q is throwing Julian Assange under the bus, even though he's claiming that Julian Assange and WikiLeaks are still heroic and helped Trump in this effort. He's lying. I mean, he's, he's basically leading all the followers into believing that Julian Assange is fine. Don't worry about that cause anymore. That's a huge deal. Because a lot of those people were still making a big stink about that. So I said, I'm going to get back to the Greenwald thing. Well, Horowitz and William Barr basically created this perception again, this carrot on a stick thing. And then all the Republican right wing media like joined in, in mass acting like this is going to be this big look back investigation into how the Obama administration did Russiagate, like to try to expose the Obama administration's corruption. There was all these insinuations that were being put out that there's going to be people who are going to go to jail. Like that Comey, Peter Strozik, people from the Obama administration like Susan Rice and even Clinton were going to be investigated and like subpoenaed by Horowitz and Barr. And everybody was super excited. And QAnon, of course, was like, this is the storm. This is it. Again, you know, three years later, after he said that the storm was going to be there the next day, this perception actually, I think, even enticed people like Greenwald into believing that this was going to be like a serious look back investigation. I don't know what was going through their heads, why they took this at face value, but you should look back at some of their tweets where they kind of jumped on board this idea. They bought into the hype. And I believe that the hype was actually an extension of QAnon. It was sort of like the official level narrative and then the QAnon narrative working together. You, know, you may be thinking, how did this? sort of conspiracy movement, very influential and now very large movement that perpetuated a full-blown new era of satanic panic, what kind of people does this movement continue to suck in? Does it have a grasp on millennials, younger people now? Is it not just boomers? Is it not just Christians? Well, actually, yes. It has actually captivated a new audience. For people who have already heard me complain about new age culture before, This is totally not a surprise to me because I think most of these people are already honestly dangerous flakes and a lot of them are quite rich. A lot of them are like junk science quack science pushers. That's what I mean by dangerous. A lot of them are Instagram influencers. So according to the QAnonymous podcast, one of the big popular things now is a lot of these blonde LA like fitness new age women who are Instagram influencers are now pushing QAnon on their Instagram accounts with like hundreds of thousands of followers in between giving out health tips that are already like junk science tips. So let me just repeat that. QAnon has now taken hold in the new age movement in like liberal LA, California. I mean, that's pretty disturbing, but those are the same people who got into like the secret and stuff like that. Those are the same people who do scam Ayahuasca tourism and get scammed by an Ayahuasca cult instead of doing like legit Ayahuasca. So it's not a surprise, but it's just also weird because it's such a Christiany, pro-Trump thing. Like, do they realize that? I mean, they must, right? You know, you may ask how unified still is the conspiracy movement or the alt-media MAGA movement that dabbles in conspiracy world on Q? Are they unified on it? Well, even Jack Posobiec and Cernovich both threw Q under the bus around the same time WikiLeaks did. It was like they must have seen the writing on the wall and known that maybe... It wasn't the smartest thing to latch themselves onto. I'm not sure. But I think maybe they wanted to rebrand because they were the ones who helped glue together Pizzagate and QAnon. If you see them both as like Trump plants or MAGA plants or right-wing billionaire Mercer-funded shills, whatever, whoever they are, you know they're plants of some kind. What was their actual role? It could have been to actually glue together Pizzagate with QAnon and get that to really float, even though they now both threw QAnon under the bus. But what's interesting, and I'll repeat again, is that even Pesobic and Cernovich were pushing that Assange was laundered line. So even after they throw QAnon under the bus, they're still pushing QAnon narratives because as I said, they've actually crossed over to pretty much right-wing mainstream thought. We've already gone over a lot of this in the podcast so far, but let's just go over it again. What could the purposes of QAnon be? What purpose could it be serving? For whoever is behind it, I'm not even talking about who might be behind it at all right now. Take that completely out of your mind. What's the strategy behind it? Here are the, my possibilities of what I think it could be. So one strategy is to corral and co-opt the entire conspiracy movement in this country into a sort of singular, cohesive narrative that absolves the current president of any responsibility of anything. It's basically just an extra layer of protection in the MAGA cult a deeper layer of the MAGA cult, absolving the president of any wrongdoing whatsoever. Another possibility is it's to corral and and co-opt the entire conspiracy movement into a single cohesive narrative in order to steer it in whatever direction is useful for whoever's controlling it, whether that's U.S. intelligence, whether that's someone from Trump's team. Another possibility is it's to eliminate the need to rely on controlled opposition mouthpieces like Alex Jones, and instead control this operation directly from the top down. And that theory only really works if it's coming from someone who wants to compete with Alex Jones, imitate and replace him, or if it's the U.S. government or somebody else who is threatened by his presence and wants to reroute his audience to their own purposes. Another possibility is that it's to create so much hatred and animosity towards the left that the right actually will fully dehumanize them so much so that any Democrat could potentially be a Satanist or even a pedophile and lead to violent acts or potentially even a civil war. Or it could actually be all of those combined because on some level, it's kind of doing all of those things that I just said. It's steering the conspiracy movement into whatever direction QAnon wants it to go in. It's making all these people jump when it says jump. It's absolving the current president of any responsibility of anything that even contradicts the Q narrative because the Q can just update it and refine it and say, no, Assange is being laundered. Assange is a hero. Trump still thinks he's a hero. This is all a ruse. Don't buy into it. It could also be trying to imitate and replace Alex Jones. It could also be trying to start some kind of civil war or a militia-like mentality where people will actually take these sort of violent impulses into their own hands and go kill leftists or blm protesters or antifa or whatever and one more cartoonish possibility that i think i'm surprised more mainstream media people haven't touched q because of this because a lot of mainstream media people have been like yeah we're worried trump might not actually leave office and might try to stay in office or even beyond his second term if he wins the second term well another purpose of q could be to try to create enough of a large brown shirt force that will be willing to act to prevent Trump's removal from office if and whenever that happens, to rally the troops, so to speak. I used to talk about the danger of Alex Jones being able to rally his troops to start some kind of civil war-like scenario. But now Q has far eclipsed what Alex Jones was capable of at this point in time. And that makes it very dangerous and very, very serious. So then that brings me, I guess, to the very last Diatribe I want to do about who is QAnon? Who is it? Well, one way to, I guess, to me to try to figure out who QAnon is, is whose personality does it seem like? What ideas does it put out? Whose ideas does it resemble the most? Is the narrative that Q is putting out constructed by someone else and that someone posting is someone entirely different? How big is the team of Q? Is it multiple people? Is it a LARP or is it a total prank? Well, There's a lot of different theories. Um, One theory that I think is interesting is there's this guy named Luther Bissett, who's part of what's called the Italian media jamming movement, who wrote a really influential book that has on the cover the Q logo, the same font, the same Q that QAnon uses. And the book is called Q. BuzzFeed ran a piece called, it's looking extremely likely that QAnon is a leftist prank on Trump supporters. And so the argument was that whoever is behind Q is actually basing this off like this Italian leftist who talks about like pulling political pranks, like yes men style things. That's what the book is actually about. And that's what some of his philosophies are actually about. So this was something early on that people were like, oh yeah, maybe it's a total LARP, you know, and that this is actually a prank because it's, you know, it has similarities to this Luther Bissett guy. So that's an interesting theory that someone randomly threw out there. Another theory that someone believes that they finally put to bed who is Q, and they think it's just a prankster for Channer, who actually may or may not actually believe some of the things he's saying, but it's not a guy with high-level classified intelligence. There's actually an article that I can't find the link of now, but it's floating around out there. If someone remembers the name of it, or has a link to it, please send it to me, and I'll update this. I'll put a link in the show notes. A researcher discovered that someone actually used the trip code or revealed that they had logged into the same trip code that QAnon logged into on like a live stream or something like that. He quickly closed the window and tried to pretend like it wasn't anything, but a lot of people have looked at that incident as proof that it's just some random dude who accidentally revealed the trip code to show that he's actually Q and that the whole time it's just some random dude? I don't know what dude this is, and I personally don't believe that to be the case. I mean, maybe it is. Could QAnon actually be partly real, even if everything QAnon is saying are just dumb, wild goose chase breadcrumbs that are in and of themselves some kind of disinfo operation, some kind of trolled, controlled opposition, limited hangout operation? So here are the possibilities, I think. Is it someone or a group of people passing on messages from actual U.S. government insiders? What is their actual goal? Is it just people who are loyal to Trump? Who just want to keep the boat from sinking? If the Trump admin was knowingly egging on cue and dog whistling to it, why would they allow something like that to remain not under their control? This point keeps making me pretty convinced that whoever is doing it is somehow close to Trump or has remained somehow under the Trump administration or people close to Trump's control, at least to control the messaging. So what can we glean just from the content of QAnon's posting? What other conspiracy theory work does it feel like the most? Well, if we're just looking at the content, it definitely feels a lot like Alex Jones feels a lot like Jerome Corsi it feels a lot like this Johnny Come Lately conspiracy grifter guy named George Webb, who mixed more populist right neocon insidious talking points about China, Iran, the Muslim Brotherhood, from the Gate Stone Institute, from Gaffney's think tank. So the reason I say that all that is because QAnon is mixing in, is basically pushing the new iteration of Alex Jones, the post-Trump Alex Jones. The one that constantly talks about China, Iran, the Muslim Brotherhood, Muslims. That's what QAnon is pushing. But interestingly, QAnon actually started off bipartisan, trying to act like it wasn't about the Dems. As I read to you from earlier Q postings in this episode, um, it tried to act really uh, bipartisan. But eventually what it did is it riled up all of its followers to believe everybody on the left is potentially a Satanist. So it's kind of clever. It used this sort of bipartisanship, oh, left-right paradigm, got to crush it, dog whistling to get people to lead down a path to hate the left. Sometimes even the actual postings in terms of the language that they use or the, or the way that they sound, it sounds like Trump. A lot of utterances of a phrase that Trump likes to say, these people are sick, QAnon will often say. A lot of Christian dog whistling, Whoever is behind QAnon obviously understands the power of evangelical sort of satanic panic, or they're a true believer. I actually think it's the former, that they are doing it as a strategy. They're doing it as a strategy in a way that someone like Steve Bannon, these other you know, people, maybe even with the exception of only Alex Jones, who's fine diving headfirst into satanic panic, all these other people aren't comfortable dabbling in that and broadcasting that. This gives the opportunity for Trump to have like a full satanic panic flank to rile up the evangelical magas. It's kind of brilliant in a way. Nobody has to attach themselves to it. No Republican figure has to endorse Q, even though, as I said, a bunch of congressional candidates are actively now endorsing Q. Tonally, it's overall trying to appeal to boomers, not even like 4chaners or internet people. So... Is QAnon actually is one of the goals also to try to get these, these conspiracy theories that mostly exist online and in the fringes to a larger audience that can transcend like Fox News? Is it trying to surpass all of the right-wing media channels to get all these regular people, boomers, regular Trump supporters to believe in these specific conspiracies? It could be. I even personally saw people that I didn't know personally but like we're in sort of my social circle like abby her first appearance on joe rogan's podcast was with david seaman who was running for congress i believe at the time david seaman a libertarian dude pretty smart guy i didn't really know much about what he was about but in the last several years since trump he's become a full-blown pizzagator q QAnon grifter and it's fucking cra- it's sad it's crazy i've actually talked to people who knew him closely And ask them what's going on. They have told me that they're very sad about it too. They don't understand how to actually get him to come back to reality. They feel that he's completely lost his mind. Lionel is someone that also was just like a regular 9-11 truther guy. Conspiracy guy. Not even like a right wing guy really before. Turned into a full blown Trump bootlicking QAnon guy. And seemingly was rewarded for it by Trump inviting him to the White House. Personal meeting in the Oval Office. I know this has been quite a doozy of an episode or a two-part episode about QAnon. And I hope I've really given you some things to think about. And I hope that people who didn't understand what QAnon was before listening to this now have a much better understanding of it. But ultimately, you're not really going to fully understand why this is so big. You just have to accept that it is this big now and it's actually really dangerous now. And somehow Trump has this giant Loyal army of brown shirts who are into QAnon. They're not just regular MAGA cultists. They're much crazier. And if you know anyone who you see going down this rabbit hole or going down this path, try to warn them. You almost have to be clever about it, though, because there's this attitude, you know, with these woke, you know, all these right wingers and QAnoners probably make fun of leftists all the time for being woke. All these fucking right wingers like they act like they're so woke, like they know exactly what's going on. They know everything about all the deep state players. They know all this and all that. And they don't know shit, but they're so sure of themselves that you're going to have to penetrate that ego, that level of I can see the truth, man, and you can't. And if you're telling me that this thing I'm reading on this website is is, uh, disinfo, then that means you've watched CNN. You're a neo lib who likes killery. Fuck you. Like, that's how stupid these motherfuckers have become. Can you find me a right-winger who calls Hillary Clinton killery? Who actually even gave a shit about any of Obama's wars, like murdering people in the Middle East? They don't care about war. They just want to use it as a dunk. It sounds cool to call Hillary killery. These people, if Hillary was a right-winger, they would have loved how many people she killed. They probably would have wanted her to kill more people if Hillary was a Republican and on their side. It's just all a rhetorical game. It's all a joke. But I really implore you to try to suck any of your friends or family members out of this if you can. And you have to be delicate and careful about it because if they're already seriously driving headfirst down into this rabbit hole of QAnon, they've already lost their marbles in some sense because after that very first QAnon post I read you, anyone in their right mind should be able to see that that's a total fucking scam that of course Hillary Clinton's not going to be arrested. That's a fantasy. It's never going to happen. No president's ever going to be arrested. These people all protect each other. Even this idea of an inner civil war happening thats where the deep state is factionalized. I mean, I know I have expressed that belief at at points in this podcast, but ultimately when it comes down to it, these people will protect each other. They're not going to, let's say even in theory, if Hillary Clinton actually raped children, and ate adrenochrome out of their brains, the Trump administration and the Justice Department would actually still probably figure out a way to protect her. That's how much this is actually a good old boys club when you really boil it down. So this divide you're seeing or or hearing about, it may be overhyped, it may be exaggerated. I don't know. I know I probably sound like a hypocrite because I've stated in the opposite direction before. I'm going to wrap up this double-part QAnon episode with audience questions. Uh, that were asked to me when I put out the question on Twitter, what would you like to hear me talk about in the QAnon episode? And what questions do you still have about QAnon? And I'm going to do my best to answer those. And I'm just going to give totally off-the-cuff answers. I haven't read any of your questions in advance. I just copy and pasted them to a document. So I'm going to give it my best shot. And if you have any follow-up questions, please feel free to ask. We'll we'll continue to talk about the subject as we do on Media Roots Radio. Um, It's not a subject that'll come up on every episode, but if you want and are craving more content about QAnon and the weirdness of it and where it's going, definitely check out the QAnonymous podcast, the fine folks who put that together, really good researchers. They also stream on Twitch, so check them out as well.
6: So here we go into the audience questions about QAnon. So sorry for whoever wrote the first question. I didn't write your Twitter username down. They ask, I remember way back when you did an interview with a guy
7: who was pretty far into Q. I remember he had mentioned that it, that it had told everyone to watch out for a certain date, which ended up being the same
6: day as Trump FOing, F-O-ing the photo op in North Korea. Is there any other
7: examples of this type of thing that is perhaps keeping the Q followers going, or was that a one-off different version of Q altogether? Um, well, I hope I answered that earlier with the proofs section of the episode, um, since this episode is being split into two parts. Um, it should be in the first part of the episode when I go over the proofs. North Korea, Air Force One photos were apparently a proof. The pens photographed somewhere in the White House was another proof. And also a photograph taken apparently in the Oval Office was another proof. And tip-top was another proof. So those four main things, I think, were the things that really took it over the top and solidified it in most Q supporters' minds. Twitter user Toya Harada asks... Do you think it's legitimate in that it is a PSYOP run by someone near Trump? Or do you think it's 100% LARP? Well, I've already explained during this podcast, I think it's definitely some kind of PSYOP run or with the involvement of people inside the government that are somehow loyal to Trump or using his movement. But I'm, I, I'm leaning towards it's someone loyal to Trump or... A
6: group or people loyal to Trump, or is some kind of intelligence PSYOP? Cover Book Report asks I wonder why some hacker collective has not clawed their
7: way in to expose who is behind the Q PSYOP. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, you would think like Anonymous would wage war. And I think maybe there was some like anonymous video saying they're waging war on QAnon at some point didn't really go anywhere um so yeah that is a good question i mean according to alex jones q was already hacked and taken over and according to jerome corsi um he he thinks that he was even being hacked at times the whole time even though he was there decoding it and you know writing books about it he he now claims that it was being hacked and taken over at various times throughout the entire thing (laughs) by who i have no idea who he it means Twitter user Bam asks, at what point did you start believing that someone in the Trump admin or close to Trump was behind Q? Well, Bam, I think I explained on the podcast earlier that I think it was that rally that had the floor flooded with people waving Q signs at Trump. That's what really did it for me. And that was already after the tip top thing that really kind of freaked me out as well. And then I started seeing too much evidence that people in his administration or close to him were endorsing Q. And then that social media summit, I didn't really talk about it on this podcast, but the social media summit that was supposed to be Trump's response to Twitter censoring him, which is basically just a weird rant where he talked about losing followers on Twitter. You should watch it if you guys haven't seen it. And it erupted in an argument between reporters um, and like weird fringe alt-right media personalities that trump had invited to the rose garden so it erupted in like a a yelling match screaming match between people like these beltway reporters and these like alt-right personalities several of the personalities that trump invited to this white house rose garden social media summit uh um, were tim pool and q followers mark dice and and several other people and i'm i wish i oh, fuck forgetting the names of one of them she was an actual she's an r&b singer um who was wearing q earrings when she got her like grammy or something uh so trump invited her to the white house of all the you know singers and even trump supporter musicians to invite to the white house he happened to invite a q and an open q non supporting one i mean i think there someone's trying to send a message there so that's all those things combined, I, th- I, I don't remember the exact moment, but I do think it was that rally maybe that really solidified it in my mind that, okay. And also the fact that the media started talking about it. I think the media ignored it until they felt that Trump maybe was actually endorsing it somehow. So the media opened the floodgates and started talking about it at the same
6: time. I hope that answers your question, Bam. The Grabbing Hands asks, is JFK Jr. going
7: to return and put the world on track to some kind of utopia? Does Trump own some kind of looking glass designed by Nikola Tesla that, that allows him visionary power? Are these even Q claims? Um, the first one, I apparently I don't think Q ever said anything about JFK Jr. actually coming back to life. Maybe he did in some post. I don't, didn't see it in my actual just digging into Q posts. So in terms of like the breadcrumbs and how people interpreted that and the JFK Jr. thing, I fucking don't know where that originated from. And you've just actually introduced me to a new one. I'm hoping you actually made this one up because this one's pretty fucking cool that Trump is like um, Saruman in uh, Lord of the Rings and it actually has a, pal- uh, a Palantir, um, you know, but it's actually based on Tesla technology that allows him visionary power. I mean, that would be hilarious if that actually did spring out of QAnon. But at this point, I'm willing to believe anything. And no, I have no idea if that second one is a QAnon claim.
6: So, bravo for um, stumping me there. I thought I had done my homework. A Billiards asks... I always wonder what personality type is lured into Q, flat earth, and where do we draw the line for our own conspiracy theories, i.e., where am I off base? not sure I fully understand the question, but I think
7: you're sort of asking what, you know, what kind of personality type is lured into Q. I think it's all different kinds of people, as we've seen.
6: But I think in general, it's people who really want to believe that Trump is some kind of savior. That does seem to be some kind of
7: connective tissue that connects all these people together. Is that people are holding on to this myth that Trump isn't just some like egoistic, random shuffle reality show star who employs cartoon fascist tactics and who whines even when Fox News doesn't kiss his feet on every single segment. They want to see him as a savior. They still believe in him somehow.
6: I mean, I know that maybe sounds too simple, but I think that that's the personality type that links a lot of them together. But also just the conspiratorial mindset, maybe people who want to figure out,
7: people who want to feel like they know what's going on and they can like predict the future that if they follow Q they can like know what's going to happen in the news next week and then everything makes sense because Q predicted it. Q knew this was going to happen. It's sort of a, a narcissistic delusion that you believe you're in the know you can see and everybody else is
6: blind. Um, I think that's part of it. Where do we draw the line for our own conspiracy theories? I mean that's a good question i think in general you know the u.s government has done so many evil things throughout history that i'm completely sympathetic to and i
7: dabble myself all the time in those kinds of conspiracy theories but where we draw the line i mean i think it's just up to every individual i think when you start going into a realm of pure speculation and that's all you're doing and all you're doing is reading other people's tea leaves and breadcrumbs and you know doing these wild goose chase kind of things at that point you it is kind of just a pleasure feeding mechanism it's like a monkey hitting the button in the lab you know where it like generates crack or something it's a it does sort of activate a certain part of the brain that makes things feel really scary and intense um you keep feeding that part of the brain and you almost get like addicted to it. So I think,
6: you know, I don't even know where I was going with that. But I think, oh, I know where I was going with that. So, in terms of just pure speculation, I think
7: that's different than actually like trying to approach conspiracy theories in the same way like an investigative journalist would, or someone actually trying to do a real investigation like a detective you know, that mindset when you're approaching conspiracy theories, I think it's totally fine. Don't go into it thinking that you are going to figure something out or know everything. I think one of the best ways to approach conspiracy theories, if you're actually interested in doing like valuable work or contributing to the scene in a valuable way, or just our understanding of history is go uncover or, you know, turn over some stones. There's so many little things you could still find out there. I mean, even with something even just like 9-11, there's so many video clips, audio clips of people being interviewed, um, Bush officials that people are still finding throughout the years or are uncovering throughout the years. So I think if you're just doing it as a hobby and you're just constantly feeding yourself with things that are just very speculative, you know, things like, I, I mean, and I'm not even talking about things like flat
6: earth, I'm, I'm mostly kind of talking about things like QAnon or QAnon-ish. But I think that that's really unhealthy. And if you notice one of your friends doing that,
7: and all they're doing is sending you conspiracy things, yeah, I mean, they're probably just on a good place. I mean, I still think, see things on social media where people are sharing memes saying that masks cause um, CO2 poisoning and don't wear masks that it's a conspiracy to get us to hide our emotions and all this shit and it's just like that's just such babyish crap it honestly just makes like actual you know conspiracy fact research like scads Peter Dale scott it makes all the people ignore that stuff and just want to go for this salacious like tabloid grocery store um checkout counter crap that's basically what a lot of this stuff is now I mean, unfortunately, like 98% of the stuff online that you find out is
6: tabloid clickbait crap that feeds that sort of adrenaline addiction, monkey-hitting-the-crack-button effect. Where do cues get their information from, and is there a recognized focal point
7: for this info that cues gravitate towards? Matt Slapper asks... They get their information from Four Chan, Eight Chan, and now Eight Coon from a an anonymous poster who's using, I guess, the same Trip Code name Q. Is there a recognized focal point for this info? I mean, yeah, I would say that's where it is on the source where uh, Q posts from. But then there's been all these outcroppings of other websites like Steam it, like um. God, there's a, there's other websites that have sort of popped up where a lot of the Pizzagate research went to because it got banned off Reddit and stuff. And I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. Savage Steamboat actually asked a question that's uh, kind of exactly what I was just talking about. Savage Steamboat says, These people are adrenaline addicts and get off on the idea of boogeyman and shadow people under their beds and in their closets. How do they reconcile with the fact that while they make faux claims, real child abuse occurs in Trump's concentration camps daily, yet they say nothing. Also, do you see parallels with their obsession with modern art and Hollywood and the Nazis' dislike of the art in their day and time? A dislike and inability to comprehend certain art and artists in general seems to be the hallmark of these types. That's an interesting point i don't know if i see parallels with their i don't know if i see the parallels with nazism as much savage as much as i see parallels with like old hysterical movements of christian evangelicism i almost see it more like salem witch trial (laughs) type of fascism where and and you know i mean no well maybe it's like a mixture between like nazis and salem witch trial it's like a combo because the Nazis didn't, I don't think they used, I mean, they used brown shirts and then they sort of took out the brown shirts,
6: but I don't know if they ever used like religious zealots, zealots. How do you say that? Zealots. Oh God. But I don't know if they did that. So maybe a hybrid. Um. Yeah. How do they reconcile this? Well, I mean, you ask how they
7: reconcile the daily abuse that occurs in Trump's concentration camps. You think these people give a shit about that? They don't care. I mean, they don't care about any of the immigrants at all in any form. I mean, they're, they're subhuman to them. So why would they care about that? These people don't even care about the Epstein thing. If you're just talking about abu- child abuse, how could they? The Epstein connections with Trump are so proven and so well documented that that's a total blind spot that they have to have to believe in the QAnon narrative. You know, and that's not something that's like liberal or conservative. It's not like you can write off Trump's Epstein connections and be like, oh, you libtard. He didn't have any connections with Epstein. That's just a libtard talking point. No, it's the co- they actually do do that with the concentration camps. They're like, oh, those aren't concentration camps, you fucking libtard. This is like a regular. They have like great conditions there. You know, they're just totally, that's, they're, they already have all these like weird talking weights for that. Their talking weight for the Epstein stuff is that Trump somehow actually kicked Epstein out of Mar-a-Lago when he found out that Epstein was sex trafficking underage girls at Mar-a-Lago. That's their narrative for how Trump is actually anti-Epstein. Now, what's so funny to me about that is, first of all, There's no denying that Trump actually allowed Jeffrey Epstein to operate for a long time at Mar a Lago. And Trump already knew that Epstein's deal was women and underage women. So, what happened? Did Trump just look the other way the whole time? And then, eventually, when Epstein actually got caught trying to fuck an underage girl, or apparently he actually did rape an underage girl at Mar a Lago, and that's when Trump kicked him out. So, I guess that's supposed to mean that... And and how do we even know that happened? That's the story that apparently Trump wants you to believe. Um, It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, like I said earlier in this podcast, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's underage girl recruiter, used to do this, recruit women with Trump's ex-wife when Trump was still married to her.
6: So, yeah, I mean... That's a whole other issue though. Subject. What's the relationship between Alex Jones and Q? It says Colm. Well, column, Um, apparently Alex
7: Jones was very pro Q and even believed that Q was exactly what Q said he was in those postings. And Alex Jones actually seemed to genuinely believe it. I mean, Alex Jones is a liar, a pathological liar. But I would wager Alex Jones on some level actually did believe that Q was some kind of high-level person close to Trump who was putting out the messages that the public needed to hear to fight the deep state. He, Alex Jones even claims that um, he knew who, exactly who Q was. So what the relationship actually was, I have no idea. Whether Alex Jones was totally conned by someone, I don't know. Alex Jones then... After Q turned on Alex Jones, Alex Jones started bringing on another guy who went by the codename Zach, who almost became like the new Q just for Alex Jones, who worked for NASA, apparently. So, you know, Q turned on Alex Jones and then Alex Jones Q turned on Q. So the relationship fell apart. You know, I'm talking about these, this relationship as if it's between a real person another real person, but it doesn't really sound like it. Lonnie Dean 25 asks, point out specific examples of the Trump administration promoting or flirting with Q on nonsense conspiracies. There's probably many. Well, I already did several in this podcast already, but I'll just say that Trump has actually retweeted QAnon accounts and promoted QAnon Twitter accounts something like over 45 times and most of it actually has occurred since COVID-19 he's apparently gone on a 30% increase of retweeting QAnon accounts since COVID-19 and Eric Trump like I said posted that QAnon meme right before the Tulsa rally almost like he wanted to like bring QAnon brown shirts out to that rally to fight protesters or something I mean and honestly seemed that crazy to me. Maybe that's why I was taken down so quickly. Joe asks, Is it anti-Semitic? Are there elements of it that are anti-Semitic? I've been surprised that I haven't seen anything explicit from the QAnon community besides maybe some of the Soros stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not overtly anti-Semitic, but it in general has things that go back to anti-Semitic conspiracy theories in history. So the idea that the That like the financial class that the you know this this oligarchy controls like the minorities, like black people, BLM, and the communist infiltration. Um, that is sort of like a an anti-Semitic worldview. And also the fact that Q does only bring up like Rothschild. I mean, whenever you're dealing with anybody who only talks about the Rothschilds all the time. You are dealing with someone, whether they realize it or not, who's rooted in a worldview that is sort of based in like anti-Semitic conspiracy
6: theories. And I'm not saying the Rothschilds are good people and they're probably terrible, horrible human beings. But do you understand what I'm saying? Mikos asks, the average IQ of a Q
7: believer? I don't know. I mean, I can't say that I've met anybody who's like really, really that I would consider a really smart person who follows Q. I've been surprised by some people that I've known in my personal life
6: um, who have kind of gotten sucked into Q, but they don't subscribe to it wholeheartedly. So.
7: I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that only dumb people would follow Q, but it does seem to. I think it preys on the mentally vulnerable. I'll just say, it's not as matter of much of intelligence
6: as it is where you're at in life. I think. Does your life have meaning? Because I think that's what the void that Q
7: fills. Just like any other like conspiracy theory that you would get totally obsessed with, that will sort of take a, up a large part of your life. Q just keeps going and keeps dangling this carrot on a stick. It's a person. You know, it has a personality. It's telling you. It's a secret, high-level intelligence agency person. It's more exciting than Alex Jones could ever be.
6: But I think it preys on the mentally vulnerable. I don't want to say weak. I just want to say vulnerable. Because,
7: you know, you don't have to be necessarily a weak Person, if you've experienced like a huge trauma in your life and you're feeling really vulnerable, sort of mentally fragile, and then you need something to sort of fill that void or to get you to cope something cathartic and you get into Q and on, I'm sure that happens to people all the time. Nikki Rue asks one theory I hear suggested is it might be Steve Bannon. I think since he seems rather good at tapping into creating populist sentiments, something along those lines makes sense to me. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, Nikki, I think you're hitting on something there is that Steve Bannon is a brilliant strategist. And I think whoever, like I said, I think the satanic panic angle to QAnon is one of the things that even the media is missing out on. You know, they sort of gloss over and kind of almost mock the fact that these QAnoners think that Democrats are are demons. But I don't think they're really delving into enough how satanic panic is something that is a real thing that exists in the United States that's like nobody's really tried to weaponize before for political purposes. I mean, actually maybe some of the anti-gay groups and Republicans did, you know, on some level, and maybe they, maybe points throughout history it's happened, but as a deliberate political strategy. But right now, if it's, you know, I can't recall another time in my lifetime that it's been used. So right now it's being weaponized by someone who understands political strategy, and they're trying to exacerbate it, and they're trying to use things that are very, very popular and viral, like Alex Jones rhetoric, and they're even used, they even used Alex Jones. Somehow they got, whoever this poster is, whoever this group is, got Alex Jones actually on board. Steve Bannon knows exactly how important someone like Alex Jones is to carry the populist movement, so-called right populist movement we know it's an actual scam it's not really populist but the flip side of populism is the scary side this sort of mob mentality and satanic panic among like evangelical christians and even just like casual christian people creates a a scary mob mentality you can weaponize that for political purposes as a pop part of your populist wing so steve bannon I mean, I don't know what he's actually said about QAnon if he's spoken about it before, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was absolutely in love with what it was doing because it's perfectly in line with his vision, actually. So, I don't know. I don't know who's writing QAnon stuff. You know, and even the Steve Pachenik thing. Steve Pachenik, on the year anniversary, you know, of the first QAnon post, essentially, is basically laying out the entire QAnon narrative a year before QAnon's existence in a YouTube video. This former spook Alex Jones regular gets posted to the front page of Drudge all of a sudden. Nobody's ever heard of him before. What the hell was Matt Drudge thinking? You know, somebody needs to ask Matt Drudge about that. What was that day about? Those, that November 1st to November 4th time period. Why did he post all that shit? if you just ask them straight up, hey, did you know Eric Prince and Alex Jones and Steve Pachenik were basically trying to confirm Pizzagate was real and trying to get it like to go over the top? Did you know that when you posted all those articles like on the front page of Drudge at the top? I mean, what would Matt Drudge say? Would he be like, oh no, I had no idea. He's, he knows exactly what he's doing. This is the guy that Broke the Monica Lewinsky story. Do you think that he didn't know what he was doing? He knew. Oh my God. I can weaponize satanic panic in the three to four days leading up to the 2016 election against Hillary
6: Clinton. Okay. I'm going to go all the way, baby. And that's what Matt Drudge did. And.
7: I don't know what Steve, if Steve Bannon had anything to do with this. In fact, he's really not that much part of the Mueller report. Was Mueller looking at Q stuff, Pizzagate stuff? How did Jerome Corsi and Roger Stone get so caught up in the Mueller investigation over these weird Russia things and like these perjury charges? Michael Flynn has some bizarre backstory. You know, did the Obama administration target Michael Flynn um, as punishment? For something else. You know, everybody's like, oh, he was trying to do detente with Russia. And he was also trying to expose the Obama CIA funding of Al Qaeda in Syria. So that's why Obama wanted to take him down. But if you actually look into Michael Flynn's past, there's some really weird political intrigue there where Michael Flynn's good friend, Michael Ledeen, PNAC neocon, Michael Ledeen's wife, Barbara Ledeen, was actually soliciting hackers on the deep web in 2015 to try to get hackers to somehow find those 30,000 missing emails of Hillary Clinton's. So this is the same guy, Michael Flynn, who went on the RNC stage and said, lock her up about Hillary Clinton. I mean, who knows what kind of personal reasons or punitive measures were taken against Michael Flynn. I mean, his friend, his friend's wife, while having access in some kind of intelligence committee in the Senate, tried to launch an investigation on the deep web to get Hillary's emails. There's so many weird things, too, that you can, weird ways you can look at the Mueller investigation in retrospect. When you look at all these players that are also involved in promoting Q and involved in promoting Pizzagate, and who were really actually pivotal in gluing together Pizzagate with QAnon, And giving validity to it. I think it puts a whole new spin on the Mueller investigation. I have no doubt in my mind. That people behind the scenes in the Mueller investigation. Were trying to figure out what the hell QAnon was. And they probably just gave up. Or it is. I have no fucking clue what this shit is. This is just too weird. I guess it's a perfect note to end the podcast on. Because what did I really figure out? Nothing. We still don't know what it is. All we know is that Q right now is just really riling people up in Trump's base to still believe that COVID-19 is a hoax, um, to think Dr. Fauci is going to take over the world, that all the lockdowns are a hoax, that it's a global conspiracy to try to get Trump basically out of office. So that's what we're left with now. And I hope you enjoyed this very, very long two-part episode of Media Roots
6: Radio. This is our QAnon special. And as always, uh, thank you again for being a donor
7: to Media Roots Radio. If you're listening to the second part, because the second part was for patrons only, we may be unlocking this episode in a month or two for people. But for now, this is for patrons only. And we really, really appreciate your support. We cannot thank you enough. And Abby will be back soon. Uh, probably be another month of me by myself Uh, well of course with guests too you're going to be stuck with me for another month but probably after that abby will be back and definitely check out her new empire files episode it's absolutely incredible it's film quality documentary about the afghanistan war and showing the continuity between all the presidencies since bush since the start of the Afghanistan war. It's an incredible documentary that her and Mike Preisner put together. Um, So if you're listening to this, Abby and Mike, love you guys. Hope you're doing well. And everybody out there, hope you're doing well as well. Take care, everybody. And thank you again for becoming a subscriber to media roots radio. Just wanted to give a shout out to some of our new patrons thank you thank you Jake Fires. thank you Darian Fisher thank you Kevin Leavitt thank you Brian Stewart thank you Arestas Perez thank you Brendan Garcia thank you Michael Hallback thank you Ryan Villasante and thank you Blake Whitson Take care, everybody, and get ready for another deep dive episode next month in July on Media Roots Radio into the history of the black liberation movement in the United States and the, of, and the history of police brutality in the United States and how it's exponentially increased since the new iteration of the Black Lives Matter protests.